Welcome to the season four finale of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your host, Tejan Graham, and at the time of this recording, it is the last day of exams for me. I am officially done my exams. I am officially done my fourth year university, so I am in a very good mood, so I'm looking very forward to this episode. First, I want to thank everyone who's been listening to this podcast for the whole 22-23 school year. It's been another great year of athletics, a lot of awards, a lot of people to shine this year, so I'm really looking forward to next year, which will obviously be my final year here at Nibis University, so I wanted to give a special shout-out to everyone listening to the podcast this year and who has supported me since I started this back in 2020. Today, I have a very special guest for the last episode of season four. I go way back with this guy. We actually went to high school together way back then. We didn't even, I didn't even know that, but we're going to talk about that. Um, this guy goes by one name. I don't need to say his last name. He's that sick of a guy. My dog. A chew, man. Chew. What do you say, man? Going on, Tejan. You good? Yeah, family. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks. Well, I appreciate it. I know it's a, it's a much more free podcast for you since you're done exams and everything, so it's good. I didn't want to catch you at a bad time. I know we've been trying to set this up, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited for sure. And yeah, if you guys didn't know, uh, me and Tejan did go to high school together uh, at St. John Paul now, right? So mm-hmm. it was called Pope John Paul before, but... Both, Pope, uh, Blessed, Saint, yeah, the name so crisis. Many, so many different names now, but yeah, and both in the IB program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a good podcast. I guess we could relive our high school years. Yeah, there's a lot of things to get into. I'm really looking forward to this episode, man. Yeah, looking for So let's get right into it, man. So I first want to start with, um, you know, kind of redefining yourself. Um, you know, you were someone that has been here for... First of all, even before I get into that, man, from Pope until now, how did you end up here at Nebusing, bro? Like, I need to ask that first. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a, that was a wild journey. Um, I do owe a lot to Dev. Dev did uh, drag me here, I guess. In Shout out, sense. Devin. Shout out, Devin. Um, initially, I was going to go to another university, uh, McMaster at the time. I was going to go play there. But um, a text from Devin kind of changed everything. Um, and let's say changed everything for the better because I don't regret... Um, anything that's happened all over my four years here and it's been a great transition you know so it was just it was a very um I don't know how to say it was a very quick transition because I guess I knew I was going to come to Nipissing in like July and this is when soccer preseason started in August so it was like it was quick and you know me I come from a five person three bedroom family in Mm -hmm. Mornell Court you know how it is in Scarborough Mm -hmm. but um it was fun man learning learning a lot of stuff I'm sure a lot of the veterans as well as Devin and Ty and Jack who's been uh, who's seen my growth over the few years uh, could tell you about some of the hilarious stories regarding kick, uh, cooking I was not a good cook back then but I mean now it's now it's much better so we don't need to worry I can I can chef it up so that's that's good how about you man how about you bro listen I always say um so I went to after Pope I graduated from Pope in 2018 so the year after you um then I, I didn't. I thought I was gonna go to UTSC. I thought I was just gonna do school or psychology, but I wanted to keep playing basketball. I didn't have any offers. Um, I met my prep coach in the summer, literally. I think two weeks after I graduated, okay. and I played with him through the summer. And then he told me near the end of the summer that he had this opportunity to coach a prep team. And then they were, he was telling me about it, and then he told me, "Hey, like, go try out whatever." Um, at the time, I never wanted to go fifth year. My parents and I were very adamant about that. I never wanted to go fifth year myself, just because I. There's a negative stigma about fifth years, but I think now looking back and now that I've done it, for I think sure. I think that should end because I think there's a lot of benefits towards doing a fifth year, which I saw not just for basketball, but also for education because it, it upped my grades, even though I had good grades. Um, so then, yeah, I did the trial at TBA. That was like late August. Um, and this is all like two weeks before I'm supposed to start at UTSC. Like this is like oh, two weeks before. I'm like, I'm stressing because um, I didn't want to go. 
And then they told me I made the team. I begged my parents to please let me go because it's obviously cost some money to go to prep. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then I deferred for a year to UTC, which you had the option. They accepted my deferral, so that gave me a backup plan in case it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I don't like these backup plans, but I had to in that case. Um, yeah, I did the whole year at TBA for one year, then got offered by Coach Corey to go to Algoma, and then he got the job here, and then I came here to, um, to Liberty City. Yeah. Crazy journey, eh? Crazy journey, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. I think you're right, just speaking on like that extra year of development in high school, it's, it's so key, not only for basketball, but just in school in general, you know, because I think, you see, it's very popular, at least in basketball. Like, you know, yeah. you know, in Pope, there's a couple of players who stayed an extra year, so, yeah, that was cool. And that's, it's, it's funny, because you get to play against Levi, who is an alumni. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah. like, those guys, it's AJ too, yeah? yeah. So that's why, yeah. that's, I find that hilarious, man. It's just full circle, you guys, you guys do the, and you change, shoot for change, and then he was there. It was, it was like a full circle, man. No, nah, it, it was cool just because, like, uh, last year, like, we see each other, we always guarantee each other twice a year because mm. like, we're in the same division, right? So, like, it's, it's always cool to see those guys. Like, I don't see those guys as much. I see Levi more than I see AJ, especially two years ago. I trained with Levi for a whole summer. Nice. Um, so, like I said, AJ I only see because when I see games, because Levi obviously lives in Scarborough as well. AJ lives in Austria. But, um, no, nah, it's always good to see those guys, especially the shoot for change game like you talked about. Like, it was good to um, – see those guys just do it with them for the first time, like, to be a part of that. Um, obviously, when the schedule last year, when there was a short season, like, it gave more time between the games. So, like, there was actually a good time between the girls' game. We actually sat down and, like, kicked it before we had to play against each other. But, like, it was good to, like, reminisce and, like, crack jokes and, like, talk about old time. Like, Desan was still there at the time. Now he's at Durham College. So, like, it was just good for us to be, like, a group again. 100%. That, that high school team was cold, man. That Pope team. You guys made offs, right? And like, twice. I made twice. Twice, man. I remember that team. And I was like, because I was there watching it. And it was like, it was so, it was good, man. Seeing you guys play together and just seeing how everyone um, came up. And now you guys are facing each other at other schools. It's, it's like a full circle, like I said. So that must be cool for you, man, for sure. No, nah, it's cool because like, it's weird because both teams were so different. Yeah. Like, they both teams, like, first year was, like, you know, obviously I was new when I came in 2016, so it was, like, guys like Andre and, like, uh, like Nick and um, there's Tyreek at the time, and I see Mathieu at the time, obviously. Um, we only played half the year, but, like, Takeem. But then the next year, obviously, like, when I became grade 12, like, it was, like, the younger batch, like, the Jaden Burks and AJs and Desan. Yeah, um, like cool stuff, stuff like that. Malcolm came back, so, like, exactly. both teams were very different. Both were successful, um, so can't complain. It's always good to see those guys. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Cause you see that team, and like I'm very close friends with Mathieu. Like he's one of my best friends. Yeah. So like even you remember, I remember you talking about him. And like we had some cold hoopers, and it's it's crazy to think that only like you know, two or three of that those players from that squad actually transitioned into university sport. Because you know I feel like oftentimes, especially in Scarborough, or like you know there's this common misconception, and guys don't really see that outlet to play college or university basketball, right? Yeah. But, like, you did it, man. Yeah. That's big props to you. You, you too, did bro. It. Yeah, man. And you did it while doing IB. <laughs> we both did it while doing IB. Yeah. So, nah, and we know anyone who doesn't know what IB is, it's the International Baccalaureate Program. Mm-hmm. But um, that was stressful, man. It's like bro. 14 <laughs> exams in two weeks. It was bro. it was crazy. Listen, man. I copped out my grade 12 because I did IB certificates. I only had, like, three. But, like, <laughs> but nah, but, like, grade 11? But there is benefits, too, though, just because, like, for me, I got transfer credits. So, like when I came here, I was able to switch into business, so it got me total transfer credits. So exactly, you know, I feel like a very underrated part of it too is time management. Like in IB, you gotta like really manage your time. You have to manage it early. So when you transition into university, you see like a lot of players struggle to manage that 
student-athlete lifestyle, but I yeah. feel like we have that edge, you know, like, and to be completely honest, I never really wanted to do IB, but it was more of my mom pushing me to do it, yeah, but yeah. I don't regret it at all, like, the friends I made, the friends you probably you made, yeah. even the teachers, Miss Robertson, you probably go back and connect with yeah, them all yeah. the Ms. time, Robertson, you know? Yeah, yeah, Miss Robertson, Miss Reginald, Miss Deepin all the time, yeah. yeah. shout out to them, man. Nah, for real. Dope teachers, man. Nah, but let's talk about that, though, based on that, like, the transition, right? So, like, me personally, when I came to Nipissing, like, the year I did fifth year, like, I got, like, really good marks so that was the part I was talking about in terms of help my grades when I came here I struggled I'm not gonna lie like it was a big adjustment going from high school basketball to practicing like like two three times a day and like doing all this stuff like it was a struggle how did you personally adjust to coming here and like the whole schedule being a youth sports student athlete for you how was it for you it was um it was a really good adjustment for me I'd say I'd say like I didn't really balancing the student athlete lifestyle like in terms of grades yeah, like I, I did slack off a bit for my first and second year uh, in terms of grades just because um, the experience, I guess, you know, just connecting with friends and stuff. I think that's awesome. But in terms of like cooking, yeah. uh, you know, that because I'm like I'm a last child in my family. So like yeah. I, I've been babied, you know, right, like, right, I already right. have my own room at home, bro. We live in, you know what I'm saying? Right, so it's too. just like when I came here, I had my own room. I was like I had I seen like the stove and you could ask the guys I was. I was asking them, is the chicken cooked? I was making sure I Snapchat. It was bad, man. I'm telling you, like that transition for those first first year, that whole first year, even a bit of the second year, was was very different for me. Just living on your own, trying to create that schedule for yourself. Yeah. Um, it was a very different transition in terms of the student athlete lifestyle, for sure. Like, you, there's a there's much more training, um, especially with soccer. It's such a shortened season, you Facts. know. Like, our season starts in like it used to start late July. I mean, late August, but now it starts like. September, but yeah. preseason starts in August, and we train two times a, um, a day sometimes. We're traveling. It's like playoffs or like, you know, like the end of the season's towards midterm season at school. Right. So it was just, it was definitely a different transition for sure. I'd say IB helped me a little bit for sure, but um, it was different for sure. Like, I think the main thing was cooking and like maintenance. Uh, and my mom always told me, like, she's like, man, you gotta learn eventually. Not so it, it was a good journey. I don't regret it because I learned so much. And um, it's awesome, like honestly, like it's funny because I always think back to the stories and it's it's funny. How about you? Like, not nah, for me, not nah, for me. I think um, it was the main reason why I wanted to leave home because I couldn't do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like for me, like I wanted the opportunity to grow. Cause same thing, I'm the youngest, so like. Obviously, I'm fortunate I have my own room. <laughs> but <laughs> not unfortunate, bro. You're good. <laughs> no, I don't say fortunate. I say fortunate. Yeah, I have yeah, my own, yeah. but, but basically, it was like, um, yeah, I, was, I wanted to grow because I was 19, you know, I was young, like. I knew I honestly know myself and I feel like if I had stayed, I don't mm-hmm. think I would have um developed as much as I have these last four years. For sure. And I still got one more year to go. Um I think honestly I have been on this podcast now for three years. I always tell people like if you're able to like, you know, go away from home and it's a good opportunity for you, I think do it because like, I think there's the amount of lessons you learn, especially as a teenager. Hundred percent. Like man. you're forced to grow up fast and that's not a bad thing. Like you're gonna It's not. It's really like I hundred percent agree with you, man. It's like the lessons and skills you learn, uh, just being away from home and, you know, because, like, it was weird because I obviously had strict parents, so, like, I had to be home before the lights turned on. <laughs> you yeah. know how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, yeah. I was always, like, there, and then, you know, I didn't really have that, like, someone to keep me in, in check, like my dad or my mom, right? So right, it was right, just, right. like, I had to do it for myself and, like, you know, grades, like, you know, like, you see your grades start to drop and you're, like, you know, it's not. You have to really learn a lot of life lessons, um, and I, I agree, man. A lot of people, like, my biggest change throughout the years, like, my, my huge developmental years has been in Nipissing, and, like, all my boys back home, um, like, even Mathun, they always tell me, man, they're just, like, you've changed, like, so much since you went to Nipissing and coming right. out, out of it now, so it's been such a crazy journey, and 
obviously for the better, right? Yeah, for sure. Now, how many, how many, so how many years have you been at Nipissing exactly? Five years now, going on six, I believe it's six, yeah, 2017 to 2023. Yeah. So that's six years, yeah, six years. So, yeah, six years, that's huge. I know, and I'll be here for five, so we not that yeah, far. But, but when you first came, who would you say um, were the people that you attributed in terms of helping you grow? Was it like your captains, was it your roommates, teachers? Like, who would you say that were the people that really helped you grow the most here? Oh, yeah, well, definitely the, the veterans on our soccer team. They were amazing, man. They're so, they're so friendly, welcoming. They always, you know, they always help me in terms of, like, whenever I need to get groceries, they're like, yeah, no, no problem. You know, like, they, they taught me the ins and outs of schools. Um, it was such a great, it was such an easy transition because being a part of a sports team, it allows you to already have that social connection when you come yeah. into university, right? Like, if I wasn't, like, as soon as I came, I almost had, like, I call it a family just because it's a team, you know? No, it is. It's a, when you go out onto the field, it's your 11 versus their 11 or your team versus their team, and, like, it builds a sense of camaraderie and yeah. just, you know, you start to develop a sense of family, and those those vets have been amazing. I have to give a shout-out to um, Riley and, and Sweeney, or Chris Sweeney and Riley Gravel. They're, like, they, they lived in North Bay, and they also came in the same year I came in, and they helped me adjust for sure because they lived in North Bay. They took me around, you know, they connected me with other people, so shout-out to them for sure, and over the years just growing like Devin, Tyrell, Jack, those have been like three of the main people I, I've, you know, kind right. of grown with and you know it. You yeah, know, like, of course. You know, you've seen us grow together so of course. we definitely had some good times for sure and there's so much other people even in your program like uh, there's people to connect with to study. The, the people here were just, you know, very welcoming and since it was small classes it kind of forces you to engage with um, other students, right? So yeah. you wouldn't get that at Another bigger school, like right? U of T or Odd Carlton. You'd be a student number there, man. That, like, that's that's like, literally why I say like you're known here as your name. Like you're, I'm known as Tejan, you're known as Chu. Like you go to like like my brother went to U of T. He's probably known as what Xerox four five three whatever. Like, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's facts though. It's, it's, it sucks because like you don't get to connect with um, whether it's your teammates, other people in the community. Just learned a lot of different things and the culture. The culture, the culture shift from Scarborough to North Bay yeah. was unbelievable, man. Yeah. Like you must have felt it too, just because in Scarborough it was like, I don't want to say it was our people, but like it was so much more like it's diverse. It's diverse, yeah. You know, when you when Toronto you is up, diverse, like every part of Toronto. Yeah. Exactly. When you come out here, you kind of just stand out in a sense. Yeah. But it, it was it was a different it was a different transition than that culture shock. Like you yeah. mu you must have experienced it, right? Oh no, no question. But like now, nah, but staying with you in terms of let's start with the transition to classroom, like because you're would you you're saying you're probably an introvert, right? Probably like you're pretty like low key. Let's be honest. Like, you have your moments, but like, I feel people moments, you don't know. Yeah, but I feel yeah. people you don't know. Like, definitely now I'm a bit more introverted. I'd like to keep it to myself, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but based on what you said, though, how long will you say it took for you to get comfortable in terms of talking with classmates and talking with professor? When I first came, like, that was not my priority. Oh my god! My like, brother told me like, because he went through. He said, "Listen, if you want to succeed in university, you gotta talk to people." Yes. Because yes. he went through this. Like, my brother is like the most introverted person of all time, and I used to go to school with him when I had PA days when I was younger. So I saw kind of that that yeah. environment. I was like 11, 12, 13, 14, so I kind of seen it firsthand. So how yeah. long would you say it took for you to get comfortable talking to people? Honestly, not until like the second year, second year, second semester. I, be, nah, I, I that's think facts. it was a while. Like nah, I was, save facts. Because kind of, like, you got to understand for me, I'm coming in and I'm um, I'm sitting in classrooms. I'm sitting alone because I didn't know really know who people were, which why which is why like Riley and Chris, we need, uh, they made that transition easier for me because they were in the same BPHE program. But I feel like just a culture shock because we're from we're from Scarborough and it's different language. I don't know if you notice it. Like if we were talking Scarborough language, like <laughs> a lie or a bear, like I, it was crazy because there was a practical one time I I, I did a practical and I said I said something along the lines of yo, there's bear like balls or something. There's bear something and one of the other students 
she just like there's no bears around here and i was like wow like you know so i was i was like i am definitely a long way from scarborough i gotta change my terminology and you know like a lie or like you know it was funny because i taught some of the bphe students in my yeah. year about that as well so yeah whenever they'd see me they'd be like a lie or two or like you know so yeah. it, was, it was funny for sure like that language transition yeah. to like i don't know about you but no it's funny for my team just because like uh especially when one of our team is from portugal so like like we have a couple guys from our team from toronto especially like deandre right so deandre i think deandre brought a lot of that to our team so like, a lot of guys like who are from like like jack and like who are from timmins like from north like they're not, yeah. from, they're not from the gta right deandre's like marco so he's basically the gta but basically yeah like we're we're saying stuff and they're like like same thing. Like, what is that? Yeah, and, but yeah. they like it so much that they said all the time. My like, DeAndre is Jamaican, like so am I. So he would always say rotten. Now these guys are saying rotten. Yeah, exactly. They the yeah, like everyone, everyone's just looking at you, just like, what are you, what are you saying? No, and but like they, like they find a fight now, so they always say rotten. Like as a oh joke, my like gosh, they, they yeah. got it to us. So I was like, yeah. bro, like now we have like these guys from all the way up north, Timbuktu, as we say back home, like saying rotten, and, like yeah. and boom, like, oh like, my gosh, it's funny. It's, the language, if we were to talk in Toronto slang right now, I don't think a lot of people would be able to understand us. Just no. imagine doing this podcast, just talking in Toronto slang. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I was just crazy. Even at home, I don't like doing it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't usually do it anymore, but, like, my boys are just saying that Toronto Like, you say a couple of words, but, like, it's just funny. Like, when you talk about the progression of, like, Toronto slang, when you hear, like, when I was in grade 10 or when you are grade 11, because you're old, it's like, you hear, like, top left. And then you go oh to the ally, ally, like, two, yeah. two twos, and, yeah. like... <laughs> Like, Honestly, looking back at it now, sometimes like, like, yeah, I wonder why people say it, but it's just funny. Yeah, I don't honestly. know why top left became a thing. Honestly, that was a prominent. Bro, 2015. a lot of the lingo it just didn't make sense at all. <laughs> like it was just everyone, <laughs> you would get roasted for it almost like when you go out. Like everyone, people out here would kind of just laugh and we're like, well, if you talk like, if people out here, if we took them to Scarborough and they started talking like how they, because there's a bit of an accent, right? They yeah. started talking how they talk. In certain areas, yeah. Like they would, people in Scarborough would be like, "What is going on? Like, what is this guy saying?" You imagine, imagine what's what Melbourne. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine with empty. Oh my gosh, Pope! Like even Pope, it wouldn't, it wouldn't survive. It would just be funny. So I think, I, I think more funny in Melbourne MT because there's more black. Whereas you go to like empty or not Pope, Pope had like more like Filipinos. So like yeah. it's a little bit more diverse. I think you can get away with it there, but MT would nah, not be funny. Yeah, or, or even Newman. Hilarious. Yeah, even yeah. Newman would be very funny. That was hilarious, man. Yeah. But nah, but even like talking like the transition still. I know like we talked about it a lot, but it's the truth. I feel like. You talked about like obviously being people of color coming up here is not the most diverse. It was definitely a shell shock for me being like a young, same thing, teenager. Like, how was it for you? Obviously, like adjusting oh, here from Scarborough. It was tough. It was tough. Honestly, it was some of the hardest years, the first two years. And like, I would tell my mom, I'm like, man, I miss my friends. Like my boys, like I love my boys back home. Like they're from Pope. Like yeah. M1X. Like those guys. You know that hallway in Pope? Like there's always be those brown guys there. Yeah, yeah. But like those guys. Shout the, one, out to the one near the gym. The one near um the. Um, the, the side entrance, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, but a lot of my boys, um, they're just it's always a good time when you're around your boys like that. So it was just I'd always miss them because, like, you know, they'd always be doing things, and I'm like, man, like, I, I definitely miss that. So it was it was different, it was difficult for me. Like, the first two years, I tell my mom, I'm like, man, it's so it's so hard to transition, but at the same time, it's like it's worth it because you're in like a different area almost, right? So it's just yeah. like, man, it's it's growth, it's literally growth because now you're learning a new language, a new culture, but. Again, like I said, it took me two years and maybe half a semester to kind of start to open up a bit more, you know, and, and connect with people. So that's why I'm saying, like, it's it, it was different. It was different for sure. But I don't regret it because some of the friends I've made here, like, it's just unbelievable. Like, I always go back to saying Ty, Jack, Devin, like, Riley, Sweeney, some of the DCM guys and BPHE. But, like, I made so much friends and... It's been it's been such a great good transition for the better. Although it's, it's it was difficult in the first two years, 
it was definitely it's definitely better. I think it's all for the better. I don't know about you, but yeah, no, I think I think the fact that because there's lack of diversity, I think it provided such an opportunity, especially when um, the George Floyd thing happened. Obviously, like the same people like how we started new base. Yeah, right? I think yeah. I think I think it was like we knew that was a necessity, right? So like, I think just 100%. like seeing like black and brown people that kind of like get that platform. Like I feel like what we did was we created a platform for like people like ourselves, so that yeah. when they come in the future, they don't have to. Yeah. Um, and what you like, what you've done, like a lot of people don't know this, but like what you've done is. Is literally life changing. Like that's that's really like what you did was create a platform pe- pe- for people to express their thoughts. It was never a thing in North Bay, and like you see so yeah. much people now not afraid to express their culture. You know, dancing. Like it's it's what you've done is seriously like if you're listening to this, anyone from Pope, like the principal. I don't know who the principal is there. You I don't know. Miss Watson, man. I miss Mr. Watson. Should, shout out, man. I miss you Mr. should Watson. you should be a Hall of Fame on that wall. You know that wall of Hall of Fame, man. You I should. Know. I mean, I'm on the I'm on the wall of fame for for like the the opposite team. But I need to be like in that mural. I just talked to Mr. Yeah, Eddie about the that. Mural, it's, 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 it's Mr. Eddie. I need to talk to Mr. Eddie about that. No, but like seriously what you've done that that change and like you've seen an opportunity for your your voice and people of color's voice to rise and that time was so difficult and like you know there's a lot of resistance and it's crazy how much resistance there was yeah and like that's what i'm saying you, you never really noticed it like when i was younger and transitioning i was like ah but then when you bring this issue to light it's really it's really interesting to see people's reaction to it right and like yeah. that's why i say like i always tell everyone back home like tejan's doing big things man what you've done is like is goaded like for no, sure like no, I appreciate it, bro. And, like i think that change you've made um and like even yourself that growth to step out of your comfort because you were more of an introvert as well right yeah and like that growth to come out i was and speak, you cr- had to create a platform which forced you to sp- speak yeah. with other people and like of course you had help with like warren Lindsay. like shout out to him too for helping yeah. out with that but like you like sparked that change and you really came out of your comfort zone with the help of the other members as well it, yeah. it was really cool to see so that's that's a huge, huge accomplishment, Matt. You should really hold that to your chest because I think the change that you've made, especially in the city of North Bay, one where it was needed, like yeah. I think you've done an amazing job, man, for real. No, I appreciate, like, I appreciate. I'm proud to say you're a Pope alum. Right? <laughs> yeah, say no, it. I appreciate yeah. that. No, I appreciate People from Pope say change. Like, yo, I'm telling you, this guy, like, he had to step out of his comfort zone. And like you said, man, like, you were not comfortable speaking. Like, you know, you're more of an introvert. And, like, yeah. now you have to speak in front of crowds, in front of, do presentations at school, talk about what's going on in our community, how we can yeah. make a change, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think I was more, I was always an extrovert. Like, I always, like, like talking to people. But I think the fact that, I think because I was away from home, I think the university life kind of flipped me in terms of, like, obviously when I'm with the guys, I was, like, super, even with the guys my first year, like, I was an extrovert, but there was times where I was kind of, like, really, like, shy just because, like, I didn't have a lot of experience in terms of, like, other stuff, if you guys understand what I mean. But basically, like, yeah, I just think that the fact that, like, like you said, it was life-changing because I think all of us realized, like, we needed to do it. And, like, I was talking about with Ty and Simone on a few episodes ago, and they were talking about, yeah, like, it changed all of our lives. Like, all of us, like, it gave all of us more of a purpose, you know, like, it helped us create a platform. Like, we got to get gain new skills. Like, Ty talked about him, how he's being a mentor, helped him. Simone, like, Dev has done amazing stuff. Like, uh, obviously got a shout-out to Quintus Shannon and Kai. We were the four original co-founders. Like, exactly. they're all Those gone now. So, like, and I, I seen them growing up, too, so it was cool. Like, I, I always seen that platform when it came out, you guys did some serious, serious change. And now it's about inspiring the next generation, right? The people that come up here and just being like, what can we do to make those changes, right? Because, man, I'll tell you what, like Diwali, which is a celebration of light, and yeah, it's yeah. Like kind of related to the Indian culture, like Tamil culture, like that, when that, there was an event that happened here regarding that, I was like, wow, like I was... I was yeah, Diwali, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend, my heck, yeah, yeah. Like people would never have heard of it here, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like that... What you guys did with that, the, the, the NU-based party, the, the event that you... Uh, celebrate the culture, yeah. Oh, celebrate the culture. <laughs> that was, if you missed that event, man. Um, they got to come to it next year. Yeah, exactly. DJ Bangers. <laughs> um, I, I, I might have to make the trip up, bro. I'm telling you. Nah, if you can't, that'd be tough, man. 
No, for sure, for real, man. Like what you've what you've done, especially with your team and how you guys grow it and uh, like grown as a as a community almost. Like you guys inspired a lot of people, so that's a big that's a big thing you've done as well as your team members, man. No, yeah, but I appreciate that. But even just asking you, I kind of want to ask you this since we're on this topic. Like from being a guys, I guess seeing it from the outside, but not really, just because you have like friends and obviously it's close to your heart. Like, what was it like for you in terms of kind of? Like, how did, how did us starting New Base kind of, for you personally as a, as a student of color, an athlete of color, how did that kind of show you that there's an importance for athletes to kind of get involved, right? Because I feel for like sure. a lot of us, like, I think for me personally, like, I was inspired by the NBA bubble, right? So when I saw, like, the mm-hmm. LeBrons and, like, Damian Lillard and DeRozan yeah. and John Walls up in, like, in the streets and, like, have, like, the like the the T-shirts and, yeah. like, the commercials, stuff like that, that was, like, and I was like, damn, that's kind of how Shoe for Change came for me. But, like, what was it like for you when we started New Base kind of being a fellow student athlete of color from the outside kind of seeing the for importance sure. of for you know kind of talking about this type of stuff i'll be honest man like i'm uh, i'm tamil so it's a very it's a minority ethnic group as well so right. it's like there's been a lot of discrimination around it there's a civil war in sri lanka and a lot of people don't know right so and i think towards my first and second year i, I would never express that i'm tamil i was kind of like i don't want to say really? i was ashamed like i don't want to say i was ashamed but you definitely people, suppressed it though you know yeah people would just be like what's what's tamil and i was like oh like explaining it to these people yeah, yeah. you know explaining it to someone who takes such so much time a lot of not not a lot of people know right and like especially the tamil community it's kind of close-knit so especially when you see you like you make that expression for yourself through new base i was i was inspired myself too like i was like you know i'm i'm a tamil student athlete um which is you know even it's quite rare to be a tamil student athlete in like a yeah. university platform there's not a, there's not a lot right? right so just even being that i wasn't afraid to express myself now i wasn't afraid to say that you know i'm, I'm a tamil student athlete i come from really? i come from a minority ethnic group you guys definitely inspired me too you know so that's why i didn't know that yeah so that's why i was just like man you guys definitely created that platform where i could express myself now cuz like back then my first two years like people would ask like you know what's like what, like I always hated that question. What are you? You know, like, oh, I'm like bro. Uh, okay, so I would just be like, you know, I'm, ask where your background is, not what are you. Yeah, like. so I was just like, uh, you know, I'm Tamil. And they'd be like, what's that? Like, where's that? Is that that's basically India, right? And I was like, oh, no, God. it's not India. It's Sri Lanka. It's an island. You know, yeah. like there's a lot of, like I don't think Tamil people like identify themselves as living in Sri Lanka. It's like we're all over the world now, just yeah. because of the civil war and what happened. And right, not a lot right. of people know about that, right? right? So now just expressing that and telling people like, this is what it is. This is what's happening. Try to bring more awareness to it right because it was for a long time too like i'm sure you heard of the tamil tigers like the protest groups that was going on in ottawa and toronto like that kind of inspired different uh, expressions right especially with the tamil genocide that was happening in, in our own country so yeah man like i think you guys definitely inspired me to step out of my shell and express even my own culture and my own um beliefs right which is which is definitely interesting no that means a lot because like i didn't like it's it's, it's kind of nice to kind of see how much people were impacting from, I feel like you know about it, but like until like when you hear stuff like that, like it actually confirms, okay, what you're doing like means something, right? Yeah, yeah. Like even like a few weeks ago, I actually got like um, the letter from like the first recipient of the Warren Lindsay Burst and like kind of seeing her talk about how much, like just a thousand dollars like helping her with the education, right? Like it's huge. It's huge, man. Yeah, right? and the change you guys are making is just, it's unbelievable. It's, it gives that opportunity for, I always say people to express themselves and a lot of people may see that as like, oh, that's not a big deal, but it is. It yeah. is expressing your culture, expressing who you are, it's important. You don't want to dim that light, right? Everyone's everyone's different, and it's yeah. important to accept all these different cultures. So. Yeah, and I think I think that's why, like, I feel like it was more effective because we're all athletes. Because I think af- sports is like the perfect platform for that because like there's so much diversity, especially like the I feel like the whole span of since you and I both been. Say, I think it's easy to say the soccer teams and basketball teams are easily the most diverse teams out of all the teams. Here. I don't think it's a question, 
right? Mm-hmm. So I think like mm-hmm. the fact that all of us kind of took a stand and kind of wanted to do something more than just being an athlete, I think that was imperative. But even just staying on the topic, even to ask you this question, like obviously you're someone that does a lot of stuff outside of um, being an athlete. Obviously you do music too, which we'll touch a little bit more just now. But like basically just in hindsight, like why is it important for we've been you've been here now for six years, I've been here for four. So like the student athlete experience is like very, very, very like my coach said, it's like a job really. It is. You know what I mean? So, like, why is it important for athletes to find, you know, things to do outside of their sport? Like, why is it important for them to try to create an identity that does not involve their sport? Like, I think a lot of times people get comfortable in their identity of being just an athlete of their sport. Like, I'm a basketball player, yeah. I'm a soccer player, I'm a hockey player. Like, I don't think sometimes I feel like people miss the boat of having the opportunity of being able to create an identity because, like, especially when you're at a school like this where you're far away from home, there's things to do. Like, you can you have the opportunity, but like, why is it important for athletes to try to create an identity outside of the sport? It's so important, man. Like, I think even for my first two years here, I was always labeled as a student athlete. And, like, I like that label a bit, you know? Like, I'm a varsity athlete for Nipsing University. I represent them. I do, too, yeah. You play against the likes of, like, UFT and stuff. It's, it's cool. Like, it's, yeah, definitely, yeah. it's definitely really cool to have that label. But then as I got older, I started to realize the importance of branching outside of sport and trying to, you know, express yourselves in different ways. Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand this when I say it, but sport's almost like an art. Like, you know, when you play, like, yeah. I feel like... It's, it's crazy. Like, so, like Serge Ibaka, I do art. I do art, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. But <clears throat> I feel like that you get to express yourself in sport, and, like, a lot of people don't find that outlet. So, like, that transition out of sport becomes so difficult. That's why I'm just like, man, like, it's important to find something else, whether it's music, whether it's, um, you know, education even, whether it's, like, anything. Like, it could be anything, just connecting with communities, finding something else that you're passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't get that. Because they're so locked in on, like, when they're young that, like, you know, it's an athlete or nothing else. And it's, I mean, it's okay. That's an okay mindset to have. But at the same time, like, what happens after? Like, you know, you have your education to show for after you're an athlete, which is good. But, like, what happens, let's say, God forbid, you get a bad injury. But what happens after? That that transition is scary. And, you know, it's, it's a tough one. A lot of people don't think about it. Yeah. No, for sure. I think, um, yeah, and I think, too, yeah, exactly. I agree. Because I feel like a lot of times that when you're, when you're young, and I know we're still young, so I know it's weird to say, but let's say when you're younger yeah. and you're, when you're first coming to university to play your sport, yeah. I think everyone has the goal, okay, I want to go pro. I did this, I did too, yeah, right? Everyone, man. Yeah. But, but I feel like, though, as you get older, I think you, as you mature and you start to see this other stuff out there for you, I think you realize, that, okay, there's other things you could do. Because even, like, the greats, like, obviously, even professional athletes, like, remember, they usually play, it's like, what, 40? Yeah. I mean, if you're lucky, hopefully, like, obviously... The average pro career lasts, like, maybe two, three years. That's like, what I'm It's saying. not a 10-year career. Like, the likes of, like, LeBron, it's... Yeah. That's, like, a... a so, yeah, so let's even say that. Say they get drafted, like, 20. You're going to play <clears> maybe to probably, if you're good enough, 30. Let's say 10 years, 30. That's if you're good enough. A lot exactly. of players come and go, man. Exactly. Be, yeah, but let's say you're 30, so you can play to your 30, 32, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully, if you're lucky, you'll live a long life. Obviously, unfortunately, R.I.P. Kobe. Obviously, Kobe, unfortunately, passed at 40. Yeah, I'm not for real. But, like, if you're able to live to, like, your 60s and your 70s, there's still, like, 40-plus years of life you have to live. Like, once you're done, like, what are you going to do? That's so key, man. Like, and, like, that's, I know, an R.I.P. Kobe, man, he had such a big influence on me, and probably even you, oh, well, right? Yeah. It was just, like, so you see him trying to do endeavors outside, like, in business and other areas, and just, just that competitive nature, the mama mentality, which is so cool, right? Start so, storytelling, yeah. So, yeah, the storytelling. Like, he's the perfect guy of, like, fighting, like, your identity outside of basketball. Because once he retired, like, he was done. Like, he, the only thing that kept him around basketball was his daughter. Exactly. Other than yeah. that, like, he was doing, like, storytelling. He was doing investments, like, 
he was Kobe was about to take yeah. off. Unfortunately, he passed away. Obviously, but like he was he was the perfect example of like redefining yourself like post career. Oh yeah, I think oh, even yeah. Magic Johnson too, because obviously I think Magic Johnson like the most perfect example like we talked about. Mm-hmm. This guy was at the top of his game, played twelve years and went early thirties, caught HIV. Mm-hmm. Right, so like obviously it was a death sentence at the time, but like basically what we're talking was okay. What are you gonna do? Yeah, right. And he talked about in his documentary. He's like, okay, I need to reinvent myself. Like that's how he started getting into business, and now he's like worth billions of dollars. Like Matt Johnson Enterprises. Like he's someone that like is perfect at a, redefining his outside of being uh, being a basketball player. Right. So like, I just think those two people and what LeBron's obviously doing. LeBron, nah, he's a different. Type he he one on one. Like he's he's definitely somebody I look up to just right. because like the social justice and like yeah. the stuff, the school and like stuff like that. Like he's definitely like a good role model. But like I think those three are the best examples of like being able to redefine yourself outside being a basketball player. Like I always say, like, if you're able to t- describe yourself without saying you're um, insert your sport player. Yeah. Then if you can't, and that's a problem. That's like the ultimate goal too, you know. Like I feel like, especially for us, for me too. Like coming from, like Mornell Court, where I was born and raised, you know. So like when I was like growing up, it wasn't the best. Now it's, and now it's a bit better, obviously. But like giving, <coughs> giving opportunities for um, kids like me to play, like. Bro, I'll tell you, like, I growing up, I've played against much better athletes than me, but they just didn't have the outlet. Like, you know, like, there's even, like, when you think about when I go back to Pope basketball team, like, a lot of those guys could have played at the university level. Those guys were hoopers, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, just going back and seeing, like, people like me, kids that are growing up that don't really see an out, outlet outside of that community, like, I want to try and make that change. Like, that, that even came, like, what you guys do, too, it, it was it was in such an impact, and, like, that that change is so important to show kids that, you know, there's an outlet. You could get your education and play sports. Sometimes that pro route isn't always going to happen, right? Like, yeah. if, you, if you're good enough, man, you could get a scholarship, uh, write off some of your money, and, like, save some of your money at least when you're doing university and get an education. Establish a like, future. A lot of people don't see that, especially in our neighborhood, right? So it's just, like, growing up where I'm from, too, it's, like, they don't see that outlet. But I've been so blessed to, like, have parents that always put me in different programmings and, like, I always say I owe everything to them because they, they always put me in different programmings to keep me away from that stuff. But a lot of other people, just they can't. They're, that's all they see, you know, like the, the violence, the, the drugs. Like, yeah. you know, so that's why I'm like, when people, I don't like it when people would just be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, that's who he is. And they put that label, like, you're from more now, like, this right, and that. Right. You know, because you, people get that label. And oh, I'm they just get like, stereotype. Exactly. And I'm just like, man, these guys are so talented if you give them the opportunity and outlet, yeah. right? So that's, that's key. And there's a lot of change happening, which is good. But that, that change is something... That's so essential. Like, and every time I go back, I always try and spot, like tell tell everyone just there's opportunities outside, man. Like, you just gotta keep looking. Like, who would have thought I would be in Nipissing? You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even know about this place until we came here for Officer. Dude, I didn't know about this place until I came here. Like, I was like, <laughs> where is Nipissing? I was like, I've never heard of this place before. All my boys were like, where is Nipissing? Like, they thought it was in the states. I was like, I don't know where. The, like, it was such a different place. So that's why I'm just like, man, it's 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 different. Right? A lot no. of people don't see that opportunity. They only see the likes of UFT. Like, no, exactly. No, but I like what you said too because it's basically like my one of my motivations for why I go really hard in terms of like the Dubai stuff because like you said the representation right like people don't see an outlet. Right. I was fortunate to have parents and my, like an older brother who set that example, but a lot of people don't have that, right? So, yeah. and I think not just Scarborough, I think a lot of places, yeah. like people just don't have that outlet because like it's your surroundings, like people give you the false false narratives, false mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of things, right? That's what, And I feel like that's a lot of reason why too when it comes to basketball or sports in general, that's why people don't make it because I feel like a lot of the things happen. Like sometimes people have a stigma, oh, this person was just too lazy or this or this. But sometimes straight up it's just life. Like p- things happen to people, yeah, right? And people think like they chose a certain lifestyle that, that has such a negative connotation, but there is literally no other 
outlet like you know if you want to make money you got to do certain things and like they're not good obviously but like a lot of people don't see that especially like i'll tell like i will be surprised like i would like someone to that hasn't experienced that you know scribal lifestyle like monoco just come and try to put yourself in the shoes of like some of the kids there right you know and just seeing what they see on a daily you know like robbings like stuff like yeah. that it's like dude like it's 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 a different lifestyle so a lot of people don't really understand and they don't they really think that they chose a certain lifestyle it's like man certain people were they had no other option and right that's that's a key thing a lot of people don't understand um is there isn't this other outlet so like i mean obviously they're going to be involved in like some crime and stuff so it's not it's not the best but there literally isn't another outlet right so yeah. i mean yeah and that's that's the thing i realized out here like when i came here you really start to realize like the potential of like going out studying you know the potential of being student athlete right. using using your sport as a passport i had a conversation with a coach that says that said like you should use your sport as a passport try and try and go to different places with it like you know you know what i'm saying like the sport has led me here and like from here to hopefully other places you know that's what i'm, that's what I'm trying to say like sport should be like almost like a passport for you to learn do other stuff get involved with other jobs right yeah, I mean the famous saying is like you use the sport, don't let the sport use you, right? So like you know, let exactly. you use basketball, don't let basketball use you. Mm-hmm. Use soccer or don't let soccer use you. I want to ask you a question though because you've been here for six years and right now you're finishing up to get your master's. I actually want to ask you about that. But going back to the representation thing, what was the reason why you wanted to get your master's? Was it you wanted to get your master's just because obviously you wanted to get as much education as possible to give yourself more opportunities, or was it also part of you that also wanted to show that representation because not a lot of people you know have masters. Like what was your thought process in terms of why? you want to get your master's. Absolutely, so around like my second or third year, honestly I was interested, originally I wanted to be like a paramedic almost, um, but then, um, okay. yeah, and when I started to come out of my shell and talk to different profs, and like the profs here are amazing, man, like they're, they, you can connect with them so easy, but I started to talk to some profs and see different opportunities in education and like different types of funding that could support education. A lot of people don't know that, right? There's there's a lot of funding out there that profs have to support um, a student's education. Yeah, so then nice. when I seen that opportunity and just like the potential involved in there, I was like, you know what, like, why not? Why not continue my education? And I've come to learn like, education is such a process like you're always learning like you know there's you can never say you're not learning in any aspect in basketball and the sports and like coaching whatever it is man it's like you're always you're always building that foundation to learn and uh, that's that's kind of my mom in uh, in me she always she always um pushed education on all of all of us right so she was she was a big advocate for education she's like i don't i don't know like she's pretty old but like she's still trying to (laughs) do like her degree and like get a teacher's college certificate i was like man like she's so She's really inspiring, man, and just seeing her as an immigrant, um, a, a, an immigrant that comes into a country where English is her second language, and right. just seeing her continue her education despite, you know, like the language barrier is so inspiring for me. And I'm just like, man, like, so she, she definitely is huge on that. Like, she's definitely pushing me for education as well. So when I told her this opportunity about my master's, she's like, do it, man. There's not a lot of people where we come from have a master's, and like, she's always. She was huge on education, so she was happy to hear that as well. Yeah. But no. she kind of that was kind of her uh, her thoughts and like like yeah. how she r- kind of raised me right to focus on education as much yeah. as everything else. But no, I want to ask that too because I'm looking to get my master's too. But like I'm proud of you, but like I said, not a lot of people get masters back home, right? So like or in general, to be honest with you, yeah, right. Yeah. So like a lot of these unfortunate people are trying to hustle and get like do their own thing, which is fine. Like some people work like that, but like I, nah, it's good to hear that because like I said, when I heard you getting your masters, like damn, that's tough. Yeah, it is, and like I, I, I don't like that. Like I always feel like I have um, 
imposter syndrome. It's like where you kind of <laughs> just don't feel like you belong there. Uh, in certain meetings, like, nah, I'm meeting bro. like some very, <laughs> some very like it, people that people. are like, in, yeah, man. Like <laughs> these guys are producing like research papers and stuff. I'm sitting there. I'm like, damn. I don't want to say too much. Like I don't want to, like you know. I'm just sitting there. I was like, <laughs> ah, like you should hear the conversations, man. I was like, yeah. I was like, what do you think? Like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, honestly, man, like it's it's a different experience, and that's why I say education is such a process. Like, um, such a process. I've learned so much, um, and the research is kind of what inspired me. Research about how to develop better soccer players, or like coaching, and like just around that topic. That's what kind of drew me into that. I was like, well, yeah. this, this looks really cool. Like, what yeah. can I what can I do? And just like trying to publish like certain stuff that will be beneficial for communities and everything like that, right? So yeah. that was kind of what inspired me to do my master's. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an experience. Like I'll tell anyone to do to do their master's, it's definitely a grind. Like no, that's awesome. <clears throat> that balance between student athlete lifestyle is different, man. Like it's it's very very difficult. It was a different one for sure. And like, yeah, it was awesome though. I'll never regret taking it for sure. No, I love that. I love it, man. Going back to talking about sports, you know, obviously we talked a lot about like the transition stuff like that, which is really, really good. I want to go back <coughs> on the sports for a second. You've been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think you you talked about, we talked about this off air, but you played multiple positions, yeah. right? Like, talk talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely interesting. You don't see this a lot, for sure. Very rare case, but I started off as a goalkeeper. Okay. Um, and uh, I came in here as a goalkeeper my first two years. So our first year, we had a, after that season, we had a coaching change. Um, mm. And then... That second year, kind of, I didn't play much, I guess. Uh, reason being is, like, I wasn't, uh, I guess, tall enough. I'm, like, six yeah. feet, but, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. But, like, I was, like, he's like, six feet, he's, like, six feet's not tall enough. I was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then uh, I was, like, you know what? Like, I know I'm not going to play in this position. So I decided um, I knew I could play out. So one thing that separated me as a goalkeeper from other goalkeepers is I'm able to play with my feet, which gives, like, an extra outlet to, like, yeah. a certain style of soccer that coaches like, right? So it, uh, basically, like, I, it had different types of values. And then... Um, I noticed that I wasn't gonna play as a goalkeeper much here, so I switched to a midfielder, and that that was such a grind. Like that was such, such a grind, man. I had to go through so much. Like the whole summer of just working out consistently, trying to get in shape, trying to develop um, the intelligence to play as an outfield. And then at first, when I told my coach when I came back to third year, he's like, "No, you're kind of crazy." But then towards the end of the season, like I started as a midfielder, as a center midfielder. So going from a goalkeeper to a center midfielder, it's like. That's a very interesting story. Like when people people don't believe me, but like when I tell them, like it's crazy. Like you know, just to make that transition. But I, ultimately, I, I was given a situation. And I was like, how can I change the situation? Well, can't change my height, so I was like, I could change um, my position for sure. So then that ended up being good, and yeah, it was it was that was a definitely a crazy transition. I always say it, and like I've only been playing midfielder for like two three years, but I feel like there's so much more potential for me to play. So. Yeah, that was that was yeah, it was it was different, man, for sure. No, that's tough. And then obviously near the end of your career, you made another transition this year. Like you went from being a player mm-hmm. to being a coach. You know, the last episode I talked to Madison about that. She went through the same transition last year, and then she came out to be a player. Yeah. But uh, for you, what was that transition like of going from being a player to a coach? First of all, how did that opportunity even come about for you to go from a player to a coach? Mm-hmm. So like, the um, coach like Tony, he's the head coach of the men's soccer team. Mm-hmm. He kind of always knew that I had. Um, certain intelligence and like tactical awareness or like the situation on the field and I really like that component of soccer just the tactical organization and like how to break down certain teams and certain formations so uh, and I've been coaching for a while I've been coaching since I was 16 at the youth level so then I was like you know what Um, this is my last year at Nipissing I was like I want to try and get this opportunity to coach and like thankfully Tony was like yeah for sure he was excited to have me on and like the one thing about him is like at other universities I don't know if they'd 
let me have an input on like tactical organization, training sessions and stuff. But he, he gave me the reins. He was like, yeah, man, like whatever you want to do, just show me before the session or the game and like we could try and implement it. So like he's been such a great um, person for that transition. And he, honestly, like I owe a lot to him too, right? Because he allowed me to step into that role as well. Honestly, looking back at it, there's some some like a part of me that was like, man, I wish I played too. You know, like yeah. I wish I played. Yeah. Do you, do you regret it? Do you regret your decision? I don't regret it because like I know like I don't want to say I regret it, but like the coaching experience was second to none. Not only learning from like Tony, but the women's coach uh, as well, David and Nick. Those guys are fantastic as well. So I worked with them as a goalkeeper coach. So it's been such a great opportunity and like. I wouldn't have got that opportunity anywhere else. So you know what? I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this. And again, how many people can say they were an assistant right. coach for a university at like 23, 22, right? So right. it was just exactly. like, it was pretty cool to have that uh, label or put that on my resume for sure. And like, we had a great season. So I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. I've also learned, like, there's, I have so much more respect for coaches, man. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable the amount, t- amount of time they put in. And like, just I've learned so much, not only about just like, how to, like, I was pretty good at tactical organization, designing training sessions, but, like, the emotional intelligence to deal with players and egos and, like, just making sure the team is engaged or making sure player personnel is okay. Like, you know how it is. Like, people have certain egos and stuff. So that's why I was, like, learning that was so key. I was able to learn a lot from, like, even Eric, the volleyball coach, Thomas, the basketball coach, even Rachel, like, you know. So learning from them, it was just, like, it was was awesome. It was such a good experience. So I don't want to say I regret it, but it was, like, I wish I could be on the field too because I've only been playing midfield for like two years and I, yeah. I know, so, yeah. Now, but what was it like when obviously this year you guys had the success you had, like you guys made a run, you guys almost were one win away from Nashville. So like, what was it like for you to be on that side of the field and just to see how well the team did this year? Yeah, it was it was difficult, man. Just like the hours I had to put in for coaching as well, like tactical organization, video analysis and stuff like that. And just seeing, uh, seeing the product of it, I didn't expect to see it, the product in like one year, you know, like, but these guys, it's a testament to our players because they worked hard. Some of them believed in the system. And, like, you know, it was – we had some ups and, ups and downs in the season, but it only made us stronger. And, like, we had this feeling, like, uh, we had this feeling we'd go far in playoffs. It was just good. Like, we had a good group of guys. We had a good group of talent. Um, everything was kind of clicking together, and it was fun. Like, it was it was really cool to, to see kind of everything mesh together. And that playoff run kind of shows an testament to it. So – it was definitely an awesome experience. I, I never regret it. So, no, nah, was honestly for me personally, it was just so sick to watch that run because I've always said I just want to make a run. Like for yeah. you guys to make a run, like you guys, were, especially see how emotional the guys like Ty, like Jack were, like like Devin, obviously, like just to see how much work because they've been here for so long, and just to yeah. see like the success of the team. Like you guys be on Terra Tech, no one thought y'all was gonna be on Terra no Tech. Man. Even the UFC game here, like that was a dogfight of a game too. It was a dogfight, it was cold weather. Like Rain I think hell. there was like stats or someone on Instagram posted that UFT are more likely to win. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, guys, I seen all of his Snapchat. Y'all were petty. Y'all said, was oh, petty yeah. on the team. Like, oh, they yeah? were like oh, they were like yeah? putting that and I was just I started laughing. I was like, that's crazy. Oh, yeah? like, for, for a school of our stature with the pot like you know the amount of people we have and like it's a smaller school to do that to beat the likes of UFT, Ontario Tech, and like compete against McMaster as well. It's it's unbelievable. It was a really good run, and definitely proud of the guys for like the work they put in, believing in the system. You know, that was that was kind of it, believing in each other, believing in the system, believing the work we put in, and it was crazy to see it all mesh together, which is awesome. So, no, nah, it was great. Like I said, you guys had a great run. I was happy for you guys. First year coaching, hey, you see, yo, team went to semifinals. So yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it was me for sure. But, but yeah, like, you were part know, of that. You played a role. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, yo, come it's on, a big, big for stuff sure. up, bro. But, like, it's it's rare to see. Uh, that's the other thing. That's why I respect coaches so much. It's rare to see 
anyone like credit the coaching staff when when a run like that happens it's all the players right the players are just right. like we did this or i did this or something like that so it's rare to for the coaches to get that notoriety but we know like tony was amazing too he taught me a lot i learned so much from him so i'm grateful for that experience i was able to learn a lot from him in terms of coaching just realizing that more of coaching is just managing like player emotional and, and personnel so learning from him too and definitely seeing that product but no you're right like a lot of people would be like not a lot of people point to the coaches when they win. They point to the coaches when they lose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's rare to see, like, let's be realistic. On your podcast, how many of the athletes came in and was like, yeah, my coach was the reason, like, you know. Yeah. yeah so, it's like, yeah. it's not, that's why I respect coaches so much. They're the unsung heroes, man. Like, they put in so much work. Like, it's more work than actually playing, which is crazy. So, like, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Nah, for sure. We wind down this podcast, like I said, a lot of great conversations. I want to get to some fun stuff. Music. Yeah, yo, yo, anyone does not know what you this guy says you're choosing. This guy, the bars, the bars this guy has, man, is actually crazy, man. Like, so we winding down, want to talk about some fun stuff. How did you get into music, man? Because I've been at your crib a couple of times, laid out a couple of tracks, not the nah. best, but T Gram, you guys gotta wait for that album. <laughs> nah, nah. This guy's dropping some okay? tracks. Uh, he uh, <laughs> nah, how about that track trifecta flow, man? Yo, we gotta, yeah, yeah no, 100%. Honestly, but, but how did you get into music, man? <laughs> honestly, when I was younger, like I just like to uh, rap as an expression uh, of myself, so like I'd, I'd write, like obviously, lyrics and stuff. Wait, so did, 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 did you do the thing where you find beats on YouTube and try to write a track over it? Or no? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> all the time. It'd be nice, man. Right on the agenda, right no one's <laughs> exactly it goes back to when you like when you're, you're just like you find an outlet to express yourself you know get away from everything and like you really see it in the lyrics like if anyone listens to the lyrics they'll be like oh nah. like this guy like you know you could tell you say stuff with substance now I know like BS on like a yeah exactly yeah, so like I feel like it's a cool outlet for sure uh, it's nothing serious <laughs> but like I have like I got the studio equipment and stuff, and I just—it's—it's it's almost for for like fun. It's a fun way to express yourself, kill time, you know. So it's fun. It's awesome, and like you've been killing it, bro. Not, if bro, you guys bro, don't bro. know, uh. has been in the studio for a while. <laughs> yeah, a couple bro. of tracks, but like, uh, yeah. he's been cold with it for real, yeah. for real, man. For nah, real. It, nah, it's it's fun, man. Yeah, like you said, like it's just something to do, right? Just other stuff outside of your sport, right? Exactly, man. The podcast, it's, like it's music, like yeah, it's, it's a good it's, outlet. It's, a it's good fun, outlet. man. It can't always be. Uh, you know, down, down in your sport. Because like, it's, it's draining, man. I'm telling you, sports sometimes can get draining. Oh, my God, yeah. Bro. Like, practices <laughs> I love, like, I love basketball. You love soccer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I love the sport, but, like, sometimes it's, it like, it's mentally draining. You need that bro, escape. Yeah. If you're always thinking about that sport, then it becomes a problem sometimes, you know. So you nah. need to find that almost the identity outside of sport as well. So. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of basketball, man, NBA playoffs are on right now, man. Like, at the time it's recording, you know, it's, what, what day is today? It's April 20th, so this will be a week from today that this episode mm-hmm. comes out at the time it's recording. What's your favorite? What's your favorite matchup so far in the first round? But what you what you like so far? I like the Suns and uh, the Clippers series, man. I'm a like a lot of like a lot of my boys flame me for this. I'm a big KD fan just because <laughs> he's so fun to watch. It's almost like art, like you know. Obviously, yeah, yeah. some of the moves he's he's made was questionable, but like. <laughs> Bro, he's an NBA player. Why you guys like you know? He doesn't care what you guys think, but like, like yeah, that kinda series, bird accounts. Yeah, bird <laughs> accounts. Yeah, that uh, that series is fun, man. Like KD going up against Kawhi, we get to see that. That's that's really cool. Honestly, the Suns should win. Hopefully, they win. Yeah, I picked them at six. Yeah, I, I I'll get roasted if they don't win for yeah. sure. My boys back home, but, but that's this, a fun series. But now, right now, this Warriors and Golden King series. I mean, at the time it's recording, Jim. playing today, right? Yeah, at the time it's recording. Yeah, Jim just got suspended, like I said, which is a dumb. Obviously, by the time this comes out, he should be back. But <laughs> That's like, hilarious, man. But um, who do you, who do you win that series, man? Honestly, Kings. A lot of people, yo, so much. I picked the Warriors. Do. I picked the Warriors at six, man. Like I still think it can go six, but like if if Sacramento wins today. Oh yeah, that's three and zero. Oh. I don't it's, think it's any, over. It's over. It's like, over. I know Draymond. Draymond's a key part of their offense and defense, you know. So that's why I was like, 
a lot of people slept on the Kings, man. There's no way. I did because you don't. We don't see them a lot here. Exactly, but like that's what I saw. Like you guys all slept on the Kings, man. The Kings have a good squad. Like uh, that trade for Sabonis was a good one. No, you know crazy. That's like one of the few trades where it worked out for both teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton oh, and Buddy Hill. Halliburton's like, cold. Yeah, man. but that's that's what people are shocked because it's like, yo, why would you trade Tyrese Halliburton? But it just it didn't fit the out. timeline. You're two guards. It, it wasn't even that though. I think they said they picked De'Aaron Fox to say, okay, like yo, we just traded a guy that could help run the franchise. Like we picked you. Yeah. You gotta get it done. He's been turning up though. I mean, he just won Clutch Player of the Year. The yeah, service is so. He's so been like, he's been turning. I think I think Kings. Win that series personally, uh, a lot of disrespect on their way, but yeah. Lakers Grizz is a good one. Hopefully, Jaw comes back. But no, I got Lakers in six and I won, but oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. I was disappointed when Raptors lost a play in though. I mean, Demandro's daughter took over social media. Yeah, man. did you did you see that? Like, she was I, watched, I was watching, I was, like, the, I was watching the game live when it happened. Yeah, it was crazy. She ain't death crazy. threats. So, all those people that said death threats, y'all a bunch of clowns. Like, why are yeah. you saying death threats to a five? I'm just be looking the mind. Yeah. Why are you saying death threats to a nine year old? You guys are clowns. Yeah, no, that was that was crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes things get taken out of context, out of sport. I was like, it's her daughter. Her daughter wants. She has that competitive spirit. Like right. her dad's now the rappers no more. She ain't for us now. It's over. And the way Demar got traded was pretty. You know, I don't want to say disrespectful. I mean, but we want a chip. Uh, I keep but, telling people, but but you know what? It was worth it. We want a championship. Exactly. Anyone that says we didn't, it, that trade wasn't worth it. I was like, it, you guys have been because like I grew up watching Raptors during the Barnyani era. You know, oh, like you know, me, Primo Pasta, bro. Trust like, me, Lennis Clays, all those Sunny Weems, like yeah, all those guys. That's, that's man. Andrew Barbosa. Like, when we won, like I was in downtown. Oh my god, bro, the whole city was, was crazy. So lit, the cactus guy, remember the cactus? Was it was so wild, man. So that's. Yeah, Toronto sports. Hopefully, the Maple Leafs don't disappoint. Yeah, can they please stop? Can they please get out the first round? I'm not a Leafs. I don't yeah. watch the hockey league, but can they please get out the first yeah, round? I don't know. It's please. Always, it seems like a curse. So I don't know. It's, it just sucks. And I don't then, know, man. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah. Toronto sports turns up again. I mean, mm. it used to be really good. Like, Toronto C won a championship. I know. You know Nobody's a big TFC fan, yeah. We had a good era, but hopefully, we turn up. You know? I know. But uh, who you got winning the chip? Suns. Suns, man. I'm a Suns. Like, I'm a KD fan. Like, I just want. And it's like, I don't know, a lot of disrespect been thrown KD's way, so this is almost like a redemption playoff run. No, we'll see, uh, man. A lot. Cool. We should use that. I actually don't know. You don't I, know? I actually don't know. Yeah. Boston are always I think, I think, I think, I got Boston coming out of the East, the West, I don't know. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's Especially with, Mil- like, Giannis injured, I don't know if... Um, I'm honestly, man, like, I'm going to have to wait till the finals, whoever makes it up to pick. I can't pick right now. Yeah, I honestly yeah, cannot pick yeah. right now. Well, the Western Conference is like a toss, man. Like, it, it it, bro, there's like literally six teams that can make it out. Yeah, Western like, Conference is real competitive though. I like it. Like I like that. But like Eastern Conference, uh, I don't know. I don't know, but nah, but it's it's only random though. I think I think the first three series, there's, we'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Exactly, but um, now nah, like I said, we talked about a lot of stuff this episode. Like I said, glad to have you finally come on the podcast. You know, season four finale had to oh, end it on the bag. Had to end on the bag. alumni for sure, man. But now, nah, but the final question, man. Like we talked a little bit about fam. Like fam, you're about to be done now, bro. Like you've been here for six years. You did your time, bro. Like fam, what's the future? Did my time. Yeah, you did your time. <laughs> That's how it is, fam. But fam, did like, your time. Uh, what's the future hold, man? The future, honestly, continuing. Uh, hopefully, continuing in education uh, opportunities. Definitely arise when I, while I'm in my master's. So hopefully, securing uh, the continuation of my education somewhere, and uh, honestly, just continuing coaching and elevating as a coach. Obviously, I still want to get back into playing, but that coaching uh, experience definitely inspired me to continue coaching, getting my licenses, trying to coach at the highest level possible. So it'll be awesome continuing both of those at the same time simultaneously. We work hand in hand. So. Yeah, man. It, uh, hopefully, some big plans coming up in the future in September. Maybe we could do an online podcast to catch up. Be like, where yeah, am man. I? Where am I now? So there be some phone calls for sure, bro. Yeah, bro. Hundred percent. Always, you know, it's always good to speak with 
someone that you know has experienced uh, Pope Scarborough and what it's like to come here. I feel like you know similar experiences almost. So yeah. it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm glad glad you've done exams. Thankfully, I didn't have any exams, but yeah, man, yeah, man, that's that's awesome. So no. that's huge. What's the plan for you? What's what's next for you? Just got summer. Right now, I got a sprained ankle, so I'm trying to heal from that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm trying to find a job right now. I'm trying to train and senior year is coming up in a four months. Trying to go with a bang, huh? Yeah, last year, man. I'm looking forward to seeing this banner in my banner in the gym next yeah, year. Yeah, man. You and Dev, right? Like, yep. you guys got some banners. You guys coming are legends, bro. Like, coming you're, summertime, man. Legacies are solidified. I always say you and Dev, man. Dev is Mr. North Bay himself. <laughs> I don't see Dev leaving North Bay. Dev is Mr. North Bay. He's that. Everyone knows Dev. So yeah, it's just like, yeah. yeah but nah, I love Dev, man. No, man, for sure. Thanks thanks for having me on the podcast. Like you, uh, What you've done is amazing. I, I always like to reiterate it, man. You should always get your props. And nah, I appreciate it, man. The change that you made, bro. No, nah, I appreciate it, man. Like I said, it's been it's been fun. Like I said, this year, you know, had all these guests that year. I want quickly want to thank everyone who came on the podcast this year. You know, it's another great year. I said at the beginning, it was another great year of athletics. It's always fun to do this podcast. You know, it's crazy that it's been three years I've done this podcast already, but obviously, obviously, as right now, season five will unfortunately be my final season doing this podcast. Hopefully, someone will take this over next after next year. Yeah. Uh, but as of right now, like I'm saying it from now, season five will be my final season hosting this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Like I'm really excited for my fifth year. My last year. Yeah, <laughs> it's my man. last year, man. Go with the bang. That's what I'm my saying. last year. Came in as a 19-year-old kid, leaving as a almost going 24-year-old man. It's crazy, yeah, man. man. It's crazy. That's huge, it's man. Crazy, man. So, so with that said, man, that is a wrap on the season four finale of the Lakers Locker. I want to thank my dog, Achu. We've been editing this style, man. Exams are done, years done. Yes, sir. You can catch the video version even on YouTube and listen to the full interview on all podcast streaming platforms. Peace out. See you guys next year. Sir.